Hey watchers, today's episode explores the greatest kaiju to come out of Japan. This movie is the first American version to hit the silver screen, so call out the army and run for cover cause it's time for 1998's monster film starring the king of monsters himself, Godzilla. Welcome to the Midnight Watch Podcast, the show where we discuss classic, cult, and modern classic movies. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Josh Baruto, and we review movies that are at least 10 years old. Fair warning, we're big on spoilers here, straight from the get-go. We rate these movies in four categories. Number one, the level of impact and success it had when it was released. Number two, how relevant is it today? Number three, our own personal enjoyment of this movie. And number four, is it a Midnight Watch? What is a Midnight Watch? It's a film which completely captures your attention, drawing you in. No matter what time or what part you start watching the movie, you have to finish it. That's a lot of fish. That's like the number one line that comes up into my head every time I remember this film. <laughs> it's, among among all the goofy lines that Matthew Broderick says. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's that's just the number one line. Like I immediately see him in that super '90s hat, and he's just like, "That's oh, a lot of fish." Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. I just love Jean Reno in his constant quest for a good, a decent cup of coffee. Oh, you're t- you're talking about Jean Reno. Jean Reno, sorry. Yeah. No, I do Jean Reno kills it in almost any movie he's in. Like he's Yeah. I feel like he's got the Sean Connery effect where he makes the movie better just because he's in the movie. Like I agree. I dude, I was just thinking as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, why isn't he in more well known stuff anymore? Because he was he was kind of a major dude in the nineties. Right. And or maybe the early two thousands. Um I know the first thing I saw him in was the professional mm-hmm. beyond the professional yeah which we def. i was thinking about that movie after when i was watching this one i was like we definitely got to review that film dude i love that movie that was no spoilers was <laughs> no no spoilers <laughs> no spoilers um <laughs> do i really love it or am i being sarcastic i know how yeah how sarcastic <laughs> you can get sometimes oh you know me <laughs> um yeah, actually, it's funny, uh, total side note, but Jean Reno was in Omnisha Warriors 3. He played himself in that movie, or, or that video game. Did you ever play that? Which one is that? I think it was Omnisha Warlords. Uh, it was on PlayStation 2, and the first one was like, just Omnisha, and then the... Sam- was it a samurai game? Yeah, 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 samurai game, you're like fighting demons and stuff like that. It was a really cool I game. I vaguely remember that one, yeah. They just released the first one back on the Switch, and I'm like super tempted to get it, because... Um, it was a Capcom game, and I was just, I don't know, it's just a lot of fun. But yeah, he cool. if I remember correctly, they just used his likeness, though. They didn't use his voice, which I was like, why? That's weird. But anyways. Yeah, I mean, he's he's iconic with his voice and his looks. I mean, you there's no not recognized. That's terrible English. There's no not recognizing. There's not no Vince, such, such a thing. Never had, no, nor never will. Had no, never had, na- never happened. Ne- not, never say, never, not worth. All right. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, let's see what we got going on here. Let me just drop some knowledge real quick. This movie is called Godzilla, and the the real Godzilla fans actually call this Godzilla, they call him Gino or Zilla. So, Gino mm-hmm. stands for G-I-N-O, and that's Godzilla in name only, which is 100% correct. So, because... Compared, I would agree. Yeah, compared to... They really... 
I know that they obviously made this movie can call it Godzilla because people there's already a built-in fan base. But this movie, right. they, if they literally named it anything else, um, I think it would have actually. I don't know if it would. Let's jump into that in a little bit. Uh, sure. So this is first direct, things first. Right, right. This is a. Uh, Directed by Roland Emmerich. The screenplay is by Roland Emmerich and his producer partner, writer partner, Devin Devlin. The The score is by David Arnold. The budget originally was $125 million, but then that got pushed uh, out to about $150 million. And then the box office was $379 million. That's worldwide gross. It did not do well in the... The states it bombed pretty fast after like it had a good opening, but then it went down pretty quick. And but right. overseas, a lot of places that had never seen kaiju movies before, like it totally killed there. So that's kind of where it saved it. But the thing that's kind of funny is the producers they saw the the final cut of this film, and the whole marketing scheme though I actually really like the marketing scheme. They did this with Hunger Games as well. They didn't show you Godzilla in any of the trailers, any of the posters, any of the merchandise, or anything like that. Um, you remember that? I I kind of do. Actually, I was just thinking as you were saying this that I don't remember. I, I didn't rewatch the preview, which I've been trying to do for the last several episodes, is watch the original preview or right. trailer right. for these movies, just to kind of put myself back in the time period if, if I can. And I totally forgot to do that for this one. I was on vacation. I blame hey. that. And uh, in New York, just, of all places, just, no, a little <laughs> south of there. A little okay, south of there. Um, ready in California. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I, and I thought that was interesting though, because the posters, the movies, uh, the, the trailers didn't show it. The trailers did a really good job, um, of just like ramping up the expectation and the excitement of this movie, and yeah. I thought it was cool. Um, I really like the trailers. And they, but the producers were not, they did not have good faith in this movie. So they did not screen it before they released it. They didn't do any like test showings or anything like that, which I think would have actually, that actually would have saved some, because they wanted to keep it under wraps because they thought the saving grace would be that like people wanting to see Godzilla, which probably was the case when, for the first couple weekends, but then it dropped off dramatically. So yeah, this movie sits at 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, that's still better than Batman versus Superman. No, I'm just kidding. It's not <laughs> Batman. Batman versus Superman. I was gonna say Super- that. That actually, <laughs> that seems kind of harsh. To it me. does. I agree. It's I, obviously we're gonna get into it more later, but I don't think that's fair. It's it's not a terrible movie. I think this movie is a lot is a is a great pick for people to just hate on. To be honest, because it's yeah. so easy to hate this movie because they completely sure. missed the whole point of Godzilla. Like right. it's bad. So well, I I remember not being a fan when it came out, but we'll get into that. Oh, okay. Dang it, we're dang it, we're we're hot and we're ready for this chomping one. Chomping at the bit, yeah. Chomping, chomp, chomping, not chopping. <laughs> chomping <laughs> at the. Well, right. <laughs> we do like to mix metaphors here on the oh, show. If you yeah. haven't noticed that, sometimes folks. we even speak English. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this movie is starring Matthew Broadwick, Jean Renault, Maria Patillo, Hank Azura, Kevin Dunn, and we got Harry Shear, and we got some other people, some other other people, whatever. Anyways, we got the Robert, uh, the Robert Ebert and Gene Siskel lookalikes, which was uh, Michael Lerner and where's the other dude? And the other lookalike guy, I don't have his name written down. Anyways, which I thought was kind of funny that they intentionally were poking fun at both of them because 
Ebert and Siskel like trashed um, Emmerich's other flicks, the uh, Independence Day and Stargate. And so like, wow. I definitely know they had something to say about this movie because oh, yeah. <laughs> Stargate. Well, that's and it, funny that going into it, yeah, he was, he was ready for him. Right. Dude, they were like throwing jabs at everybody. Like, I can't remember. There was one guy who's like a lookalike for, I can't remember if he was like, he was somehow connected to the original Toho Godzilla movies. And they okay. had a they had a lookalike who was the first person to get killed in this movie on purpose to oh. like to kind oh, of wow. mess with him. And I was like, dude, like, why do you guys like you're already out of the gate? You're just like wanting to fight somebody, right? Um, anyways, uh, yeah. So, what do we want to do where we first uh, see this, or we want to do synopsis? Oh man, yeah. Let's just see. Let's say where we were when we first saw it. Uh, yeah, we kind of uh, go ahead and lead into that. So, you said you didn't like this movie the first time you saw it. It well. It just seemed corny to me, I guess. I mean, I, it was definitely a big blockbuster. I remember all the hype for it. I remember, I don't know, did you have some of the toys from this one? Or were you a little too old for that at that point? I want to say somebody gave me a Godzilla toy. Because I had an original Godzilla toy growing up. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Like the one from, like a, the, from the Japanese ones. Right. And I think... Maybe it wasn't. It was, probably the, it was probably the same toy we had. It was probably the same toy, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> a bunch of cheapskate parents. Um, Regifting never right, gets old. There you go. That's the way to save. So, yeah, I, I might have been just like maybe some neighbors or something like that. I don't think I actually right. had that. Because I just, I remember seeing the merchandise all over the place. Oh, yeah. And it seems like that was... Um, to me, I remember thinking, oh, it was like thinking back, I'm like, I think that was a fairly popular movie in that it seemed like everybody saw it. Um, I, mm-hmm. I know it got dogged on a lot. And I remember when I finally saw it, cause I, I didn't see it like in theaters, but I, I'm sure I saw it fairly soon thereafter, like rented it or whatnot. Right. And it definitely, stri- I mean, I just, I don't think I was a big Matthew Broderick fan I don't at know. the time and it just. Or it was just goofier, I think, than I was expecting. I think I was mm. really expecting like a monster movie. And being right. a fan of the original uh, Godzilla stuff, it just this really. You say you were? I was. A okay. Fan of the original Godzilla stuff, the you know the Japanese ones, and this just didn't you know strike me as that. Plus, it it did some of the effects. I remember even in the in the moment, kind of seeming a little corny to me. I have something to say about that, actually, um, te- technical, technici- technical wise, but I'll talk right. about that later. But yeah, so it it didn't really grab me at the time, but I remember it being kind of a phenomenon. Like I said, I, I remember probably you and your friends playing with it, even if it wasn't your toys. I just remember seeing the merch. Right. I remember seeing kids wearing T-shirts. It it definitely seemed like it was aimed at younger generation, you know, because I was eighteen when that came out. Right. Well, when Independence Day came out two years earlier, that was like a huge movie, and I don't think that was an, I don't think that one was initially aimed towards kids. I think that was more no. of like an actual like PG thirteen action movie. Legit, yeah, some kind of scary sci fi almost. It was right. It seemed pretty serious because I remember being blown away. Right. Um, I remember my friend Tim seeing it, and he was like, "You gotta see this movie. It's incredible." And being right. a big uh, Star Trek family. They're super into, you know, space science fiction. <laughs> and he was, he was super, super excited about that one. So yeah, That's you would awesome. think this movie coming out after that one and being, 
Um, I don't, you know, I don't remember people ever hating on. I've never really. I don't think I paid attention to what the critics thought about Independence Day, but I just remember that was a huge movie. Right. I thought it was amazing. So then when this comes out, I could see where the hype would have been big mm-hmm. because of the director. Right. Yeah. No, I think I don't remember. I was too young when Independence Day came out. I was like nine. So I just remember going to a birthday party and some kids were like, what's your favorite movie to the main person? And the kid's like, oh, and some other, this other kid was like, uh, Independence Day. I had no idea what he was talking about. And he's like, yeah, oh, wow. I love that movie. And then like, he's like, of course, probably none of them, none and of them had probably seen it. Right? No, lying. exactly. He was like, he, he literally, the next thing he said was, I can't wait to see it. And I was like, <laughs> at the time I was like, even then I was like, wait a minute, you haven't seen the movie and it's your favorite film. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did that. I didn't know what Independence Day was for a long time. And then I, mm. I, I finally saw it later, which we'll probably review that movie. Hey, maybe this year for the 4th of July, we could do that. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure no one's ever done that on their movie podcast. That'd be probably. so original. We are extremely original. Yeah. Groundbreakers. Groundbreakers. The first time I saw this movie, so it came out in 98. So I was, uh, shoot. I was 11 then when it came out. And I, yeah, I remember seeing the merch everywhere and like there was, yeah, t-shirts going to Kmart and stuff. There was just like, it was everywhere. And, um, it's kind of funny cause the background with that is the company did a Batman versus Superman move where they, they dropped like almost another hundred million just into marketing to really push mm-hmm. this film. That's why we saw it everywhere, even though, so technically they more broke even, with the 379 million so because if they spent about 250 to almost 300 million for total budget for everything they only made like right. 79 million so it didn't really do too well um i don't remember the first time i saw this i think i actually bought it on dvd and watched it uh so that had to be probably around like 2007 2008 or something like that um but okay, then it's so quite a while later then. Right. And I, I bought it intentionally because I really wanted to see it when I was a kid. But I was like, that's a scary movie. There's no way I'll be able to watch that. So right. I started catching up on flicks and I remember being disappointed by the movie, too. I was just like, what? Like, what's missing from this movie? I couldn't grab it at that time. Why I didn't like it, because I'm not I'm not a big Godzilla fan. OK. And um, I just I never had been. I was not really in monster movies. But part of that, I think, is upbringing, not really knowing like, what to watch or to anything it. yeah did you watch a lot of godzilla movies like at well friend's house no I, f- I think i've only seen the original one because it was on the sci-fi channel back when that first came out and mm-hmm. they played just a lot of early sci-fi stuff a lot of cool yes. you know b movies and whatnot so i know i've seen um probably most of the first one because it was on tv so it was you know kind of chopped up and probably bits mm-hmm. and pieces of some of the other ones as well but i was always definitely fascinated by it and that like that toy we were talking about i love that thing right played with I, that a lot i forgot i did see the original godzilla movie the what 1954 movie or something like that yeah um and i actually i did like that when i saw it i thought it was good i liked it i thought it was a fun movie and then i've mm-hmm. seen snippets of other ones like king Ghidorah and um i think godzilla 2000 there was like a I don't know. I kind of want to go back right. and start watching them and seeing, because I have some friends that are like massive kaiju fans and I always feel like I'm missing out on it. Like I didn't, I didn't get it, but anyways. Sure. Um, yeah. So I guess that's, that's where we first saw that. So yeah, let's get the yeah. synopsis going and then let's do it. Absolutely. Cause we got, I think we got a lot to talk about on this one. Yes. So, okay. Thank you, Wikipedia. 
An iguana nest is exposed to the fallout of a military nuclear test in French Polynesia in the South Pacific Ocean. Or rather, in the South Pacific Ocean, a Japanese fishing vessel is suddenly attacked by a giant creature with only one fisherman surviving. Dr. Nico Nick I just watched the movie and I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Tatopoulos. <laughs> Which is a running joke in the movie. No one can ever say his name. So there we go. Right. Where is is a perfect name for our show. An <laughs> NRC scientist is in the Chernobyl exclusion zone. It's researching the effects of radiation on wildlife, but is interrupted by an official from the U.S. State Department. In Tahiti, a mysterious Frenchman questions the traumatized survivor over what he witnessed, who repeatedly replies, Gojira. Nick is sent to Panama and Jamaica to study a trail of wreckage leading to the recovered Japanese fishing ship with a massive claw marks on it. Nick identifies skin samples he discovered in the shipwreck as belonging to an unknown species. He dismisses the military's theory that the creature is a living dinosaur, instead deducing it is a mutant created by nuclear testing. The creature travels to New York City, leaving a path of destruction in its wake. The city is evacuated before the U.S. military. On Nick's advice, what? The city is evacuated before the U.S. military. On Nick's advice, lure the creature into revealing itself with a oh good lord let me start that over again folks here we go <laughs> the city is evacuated before the u.s military on nick's advice are you wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> you failed us <laughs> they lure the creature into revealing itself with a large pile of fish their attempt to kill it fails however and only causes further damage before it escapes Nick collects a blood sample and by performing a pregnancy test, discovers the creature reproduces asexually and so is collecting food for its offspring. Nick also meets up with his ex-girlfriend, Audrey Timmons, a young aspiring news reporter. While she visits him, she uncovers a classified tape in his provisional military tent concerning the monster's origins and turns it over to the media. She hopes to have her report put on TV as to launch her career, but her boss, Charles Kamen, uses the tape in his report, declaring it his own discovery, and dubs the creature Godzilla. As a result, Nick is removed from the operation and disowns Audrey, before being kidnapped by the mysterious Frenchman, Philippe Rocher. Revealing himself as an agent of the French uh, Secret Service, Philippe explains he and his colleagues have been closely watching the events to cover up their country's role in the nuclear testing that created Godzilla. Suspecting a nest somewhere in the city, they cooperate with Nick to trace and destroy it. Meanwhile, Godzilla resurfaces and dives into the Hudson River to evade a second attempt by the military to kill it, where it is attacked by Navy submarines. After colliding with torpedoes, Godzilla sinks, believed to be dead by the authorities. Nick and Philippe's, Philippe's team, followed by Audrey and her cameraman, Victor Animal Pilati, find the nest inside Madison Square Garden with over 200 eggs. The eggs begin to hatch, and the strike team are attacked by the offspring. Nick, Animal, Audrey, and Philippe take refuge in the garden's broadcast booth and successfully send out a live news report to alert the military. A prompt response is inv involving an airstrike is initiated as the four escape moments before the Air Force bomb the arena. Audrey and Nick reconcile before the adult Godzilla, having survived, emerges from the garden's ruins. Enraged by the deaths of its brood, it takes its rage out on the four, chasing them across Manhattan. After a taxi chase, they manage to trap Godzilla within the cables of the Brooklyn Bridge, allowing the returning Air Force to shoot it. Godzilla dies from its wounds, and the remaining citizens and authorities celebrate. 
Audrey tells Cayman that she works or quits working for him after what he did before leaving with Nick. Philippe, after taking uh, the tape Animal has was recording and promising to return it, uh, he does this after removing certain contents. He thanks Nick for his help and parts ways. In the ruins of Madison Square Garden, a single surviving egg hatches and the hatchling roars. So, so there you have it. You uh, use the word strike team very loosely because <laughs> oh my goodness, if that's a strike team. Then God help us all. <laughs> I agree. Well, as soon as I read that, I was thinking like, there's not, there's not, there's not a single badass in this whole movie. Like they're just everybody's yeah. just kind of goofy. Yeah. No, I think Jean Reno. The only scene that he has where he's kind of cool is like after they finish the the saying like, hey, this is what's going on. They do the news report. Then he's like. He, they're like, I guess we just sit around and die. And he's like, hey, right. follow me. And then he like <laughs> throws the, you know, the thing out the right. window and propels down the side. And he, and I'm right. like, oh, cool. That's yeah. This is Jean Reno, and that's about right. It. That's about all. Oh, and, and then also, Jean Reno, according to this movie, is the greatest wheelman of all time because if Godzilla. True was like out distancing those like helicopters, like just losing them. But yet right. Jean Reno behind a New York taxi is just right. staying ahead of, of Godzilla. I mean, who knew a Crown Vic was that great of a of a you know car to escape vehicle? Right. It's not the wheels, it's the man behind the wheels. Right. You know? Which Look is, out Steve McQueen. Right. I mean he I mean he continued to be a, such a great character in La Femme Nikita and Ronin. You know, he was the wheelman in that movie. Mission <laughs> That's Impossible. True. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, they were like, wait, they, I'm sure they saw this movie and they were like, we need to have that guy in this movie. <laughs> well, I think some of those movies came out first, thankfully. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, thankfully he can be funny and he's been funny in a lot of other movies too. Because yeah. typically he is like a really tough character. Which oh, is, yeah. You know, what you love about him. Right. Um, like you like said. We like yeah, you, with the you professional, said, uh, it's right. going to be awesome when we cover that one. And then, like, Empire of the Wolves or, um, dang it, I forgot the serial killer movie he's in, like Fallen Angel or something like that. I can't remember mm-hmm. the name. Anyways. Um, Lots of good stuff. Yeah. Did you see action guy Al Leong in the beginning of this movie? Yes! Dude, that's in my <laughs> notes. I was just like, oh my gosh! I, that's I, totally him! I was like, it's him! For like two seconds, but I was just like, "Yeah, that's legit." Like every that time- was that was a solid cameo, man. That was absolutely a gift to anybody that's a fan of his because we've talked about him before. He was in um, Die Hard, Die Hard, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, he he's just the most like iconic like henchman, right? <laughs> in so many movies. I was, it was awesome. I was watching another flick, and it had Danny Trejo in it, just a, a small a small bit. And basically, Al Leong could have been like Danny Trejo, I think. Because Danny oh, Trejo yeah. started off as being that one henchman that like you could just immediately recognize him. And then yeah. he got so famous that now people actually know his name. He's got speaking parts. He's in commercials. You know, he's right. he main has his characters. own movies. Exactly. I don't, Machete. I don't yeah, think I Al Leong ever had his own movies. I don't know that I'm aware. I don't think so. And unfortunately, uh, maybe he's not a good actor. Maybe he's just a stuntman. But who cares? Like, he's so much fun to watch, you know? Yeah. I think even if he... I mean, look at... I mean, we love Danny Trejo. But let's be yeah. real. He's he's kind of a terrible actor when it comes to, like, his... Well, okay. I don't know let's if he's be more terrible. Specific. Let's be more specific. In certain roles, he can definitely <laughs> nail the tough guy thing. But right. anytime he tries to really lay it on thick with... I don't know any emotion other than rage he's 
it's just he's just a little bit goofy. But th- that being said, we still love him though. He's such right. a fun character, and I think for sure that Alion. I don't know, maybe he's got a funny voice, but I don't think it matters. I think he still would have done really well, like kind of in a niche. Right. Uh, B action movie role, kind of like. Cause he, I mean, uh, Danny Trejo's got a ton of, you know, straight to streaming, <laughs> right? You know, kind of movies that yeah. are all super fun. Oh yeah. What else did I? I got a lot of notes on this. I'm trying to figure out where to start. Um, I know it's tough. Well, let me let me start just with a thought I had earlier. This movie to me is 100% like aimed to me. I I think at kids. Like yeah. it feels like a family action adventure type movie it never gets too too intense mm-hmm. it's got you know the whole dinosaur angle like uh jurassic park but it never it never commits to like the dinosaur terror and gore and i right. say i use gore loosely that jurassic park does i mean the probably the most intense parts with any of the you know, monster carnage, maybe is when the babies are chasing them at the end. Right. You but get kind of that Jurassic Park, we're trapped in a building and we can't get out. Right. But it, the, the way the music, the music never lets you go to that really dark place where you're freaking out. It always kind of makes it more just adventurous than right. dire. It's like and 90s, like high adventure music. Yeah. And so it, to me, like as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, well, this is kind of a terrible monster movie but it's not a bad um you know action adventure movie that has you know this creature in it because it he looks way more dinosaur like and especially with right. jurassic park being as big as it was yeah i could see the appeal there but it's it really i, mean, I don't know i we can discuss this further I, I mean i think it's maybe obvious that it's a terrible godzilla movie oh but yeah. it's a fun it's a fun giant creature movie though and like i said i feel like I feel like even mom and dad, who were super conservative back then mm-hmm. on movies, as we've talked about endlessly, I sort of feel like they would have been okay with this one because it really I not don't that know. intense. I don't At, think so. Even in the time, I know later they would have. I know, I'm oh. sure if dad watched it now, he'd. Well, yeah, I know dad likes this movie like now, it. actually, but that, oh, yeah. there's a fair amount of swearing in this movie. And so. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, we wouldn't have been able to watch it. Um, but. Yeah, no, Dad likes this movie now. I agree with what you're saying. It's a terrible Godzilla movie, but as for a, like a fun, kind of fun, dumb, got the monster movie, um, yeah, I think it's actually it's actually pretty good. And you're right, it is yeah. definitely does it does feel um, like it's aimed more towards a younger generation. It's which is kind of weird though, because like Stargate didn't feel like that. Independence no. Day didn't, and I would say most of almost if not all of the other Roland Emmerich movies, they're aimed towards a kind of an older demographic. Right. And this absolutely felt like it was aimed at a very broad audience, if not, like I said, specifically to kids. And I don't, and I don't mean that just because I remember seeing all the merch because we've seen merchandise for other way more intense movies that probably kids shouldn't see. When right, well, like alien, like that's they, exactly what I was thinking. Right. right. I'm that's literally, I remember my friends had the alien toys and they had the Godzilla toys. Right, so. and th- this one is for sure like a, you know would have been a fun family movie, and especially like when you line this up with you know Marvel movies that we watch today that you know you take the kids to, and right, those are way more intense and terrifying at times than this movie was. So it, it yeah, and maybe it was a marketing issue. Maybe they really didn't aim it the right direction, or you know if if they were kind of hoping that adults would be more behind it, 
Mm-hmm. But maybe if it was not, I don't call it a family movie, but just <laughs> like I said, it was just, it just felt like kids could watch this movie and it would have, you know, it should have just killed as far as that goes. I mean, it did. I feel like the merch probably did pretty well. Well, as far actually, as kids it, buying the toys, or did it, it not? It's funny you mentioned that. I thought the same thing, but then I was reading up on it, and the company that had the the rights to the toys went out of business three years later because they had so much back stock that the stores weren't buying it from them anymore because they weren't selling oh, wow. it. So, wow. which I was kind of surprised. I actually like the design of this Godzilla. Um, I think that he's cool, pretty cool looking. If if you completely separate it from the actual Toho exactly. industry, yeah, which yeah, because like, like a, that's what I said earlier. It's he's a terrible looking Godzilla, but he's right. a cool looking creature, Some right? Kind of, uh, you know, mutant mutant dinosaur for sure. Right. He definitely has the iguana look, which is you know what they heavily imply in the intro. Well, it's weird because like there's nothing in this movie. Besides the one Japanese guy that says Godzilla at the beginning of the film that is connected to Godzilla, because even like the, the atomic testing is in is French people in this movie. It's not the it's not Hiroshima and like the, the American, you know, atomic testing right. and all that stuff. And it's literally I mean, that's why the French guys are in the movies to clean up their, their mess that they did. And right. There's nothing in this movie that really, like, if they literally changed the name of Godzilla to something else, you know, it would have just been uh, totally different, which actually is kind of funny. So, let's jump into some trivia real quick. Yeah. Um, so, Fruit of the Loom actually lost their license to sell any Godzilla-related apparel because they leaked images of Godzilla on the internet in November of 97, which was a year before, or about seven months before the movie came out. And then what Fruit of the Loom didn't know was that unique fakes were released by the studio as part of an effort to see which companies they could trust to not leak images to the public. And so when they saw that they leaked it, then they immediately cut off like the actual um, merchandising, which is pretty crazy. Wow. And then uh, so let's and talk. I wonder if that I wonder if that hurt them more as well by not having another. I mean, not that they were the only big apparel company out there, but. Right. By I don't know. Limiting them. I wonder. I don't know. I mean, the, the yet again, though, like that's another thing aimed towards kids. You know, like I, I'm assuming that's the children's underwear that they had would have Could've had been. Godzilla all over it. I don't think Underoos, see, man. I don't see a lot of, well, now Underoos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the director real quick. Roland yes. Emmerich, not a fan of Godzilla. Like he did not like Godzilla. The, the original director was uh, director Jean de Benet. Wait, wait, I said that wrong. Jean de Bont. Wow. Murdered his name. Sorry. Anyways, he wanted to do it for such a long time because he was a big fan of Godzilla. But mm-hmm. he the, he wanted to do the movie for $150 million, And the studio was like, it's too expensive. We can't do it. So he left the project and went and directed Twister. Because originally he wanted to have um, Bill... God dang it. Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt be the main characters in, in the Godzilla movie. Which would have been... Leagues better, honestly. Just, sure. I mean, number one, Helen Hunt's a way is actually a phenomenal actress. And oh yeah, what's her face who plays Audrey? I think this was the only movie that she was in, or pretty much. Yeah, I I tried to look her up and see what else she had done, and it wasn't a whole lot. Yeah. So she, Helen Helen Hunt would have been. Well, Helen yeah. Hunt was already pretty big actress at the time, anyways. Yeah, I think she already got the Academy Award uh, for as good as it gets. I'm trying to remember. Anyways, right. well, and plus she was very popular from was it Mad About You that TV show. I think so. I don't remember so, exactly. Uh, but um, so they got Roland Emmerich, um, who they 
They gave him some a massive paycheck, and coming off of Independence Day, who wouldn't want to hire Roland Emmerich, you know? So yeah. they were like, absolutely. So he he came in and he decided to take the project to do it for 125 million, but then that budget stretched up to 150 million anyways. So then it was kind of like, well, they should have just hired, you know, Jandy Bond, but. Uh, Roland Emmerich has expressed strong regret in taking the job. So, like, in this movie, it was never a passion project because he wanted to do another disaster film, but um, they already, like, he didn't have the, the go-ahead to do it, so he took this job, basically. Right. And well, so, Day After Tomorrow was, I can't remember, that's the one that came, that was after this one, right? Yeah, that was uh, 2003, I think, when that came out. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's, so, that's that's the one he basically wanted to make then, or something right. like that? Right, right. Exactly. And so, which that movie, again, more serious than this movie. Um, what am I saying? It's okay, random, to- random, th- random thought real quick. Do you think he, in a way, sabotaged this movie? I kind of do, actually, because, like, I was literally about to read this. Tohu Studios gave the American creators a 75-page dossier of what they can and cannot do with Godzilla's character. This includes the following rules. Then Let me know if Godzilla uh, doesn't do any of this in the movie. Godzilla cannot eat people. Only fish. He has to have three rows of dorsal plates, no more, no less than three toes on his feet and four fingers on his hands. He cannot be made to look silly. He cannot die in the movie. He hmm. did all of those. And so yes. <laughs> um, that's the biggest like F you that like I could imagine. I don't, I'm totally I'm like, man, no, like I, I don't know why. Like Emmerich had it out or maybe Dean Devlin did. Well, actually, Dean Devlin had expressed that he got really wrapped up in producing other things at the time that he didn't focus as much as he normally would on the screenplay. So okay. he, uh, while he was championing it when it first came out, now he was like, no, I actually regret that I didn't f- aim or do that as much as possible. Right. Focus in on that. And so then basically Patrick Tatopoulos, the guy who designed uh, this Godzilla, he actually, the only instructions that Roland Emmerich gave him was, he should be able to run incredibly fast, and it shouldn't resemble a dinosaur too closely. So that's literally like he could have done anything, and Emmerich would have been like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool," you know. Which yeah. it's pretty but he crazy. Still made it look like a dinosaur. I know, right? Well, no, li- one... lizards aren't dinosaurs. Well, there you go. But no, it <laughs> oh, is. No. It is straight up. Uh, a, you know, a T Rex or something running through there with longer arms. He, right. He is, it was very dinosaur-like versus. All the Godzillas, basically, I mean, they, so the, I mean, as everyone knows, the original Godzilla, it was just a dude in a suit what? stomping around in a bunch of miniatures. What? And, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, therefore, the, the way the body was designed, it, it's just a little bit more human-like, the way he's upright versus right. the way he tilts forward and the tail helps him balance. The, the Godzilla, you know basically for the most part his tail's just there it's not sticking straight out when he's running around like a dinosaur it was just incredibly dinosaur like right no absolutely which so, is fine it's just not it's just not godzilla you know what's interesting though they were already bring bringing in like some major muscle to make this movie actually legit they hired stan winston who designed the original godzilla i i haven't seen it but i want to see his design of godzilla that would oh. probably have been super cool I would oh. assume it's it's awesome. But kind of going back to what we were saying, talking about uh, Roland Emmerich, if I at the time really was aware of directors, I mean, I mean, I, I knew who Steven Spielberg was and, right, you know, Scorsese, I guess. But for the most part, I really didn't pay attention at that point to directors as much as I did even a few years later. Mm-hmm. And 
if I, being a fan of Stargate and Independence Day, and especially Independence Day, I definitely would have been super psyched. I would have had very high bar set for this movie. And like you said, his other, his other movies are very serious and intense. And it was just, this movie's, it's, it's fine that there's jokes and everything, but it's like you said earlier, kind of poking fun of itself. It does the whole time, right? Like the one scene where Jean Renault, like they get dressed up as army, uh, army military, and then they're all right. chewing gum, and he's like, "Why the chewing gum?" And he's like, "It makes us look more American." And it's funny, but it's like that th- that whole crew is like, there's no smart people in this movie at all. The the military. No are idiots and like right it makes them look so dumb but right they, they even see in the movie they destroy more of manhattan than godzilla does right and that is i mean okay that's that's a funny thing but i feel like if this movie was supposed to be funny like it was some kind of a comedy mm-hmm. or, you know or and i don't think this is at all ever billed as a comedy no so uh, then i would buy the jokes like that but that's a huge I mean, it's it's way over the top how much they destroy the city, right? And Godzilla is just you know he's he's not that bad. I mean, you, these this military is ridiculous at how bad they are at killing it. And then that kind of goes to the French mm-hmm. uh, Secret Service, you know, which that, that <laughs> seems like a bad. I feel like they special ops is probably more what they were supposed to be. And it's yeah. like these are the lamest nerd you know dudes I that know. can get to be the special ops guys. I know, and they all look they're like sending in this dudes. crack team. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Jean is so, the only guy who actually looked like he would remotely be on a team like that. Everybody else, right. you're just like, oh, these are the hackers. Oh, wait, these are supposed to be the muscle? <laughs> okay. Right. Well, and that's the other thing, too, because they initially, yes, they fit They fit the bill. They look like a bunch of nerds, you know, doing surveillance stuff and right. just tracking them that way. And then when they all strap up, it's like, oh, good Lord. And then when they fight, it's just embarrassing, too. I, mean, they, I know. It's bad. <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> Honestly, I think the, to use the word loosely, I think the biggest badass in this movie would be Hank Azura. And like, he it, totally, and yes. It's, it's Hank Azura. It's the Blue Raja. So. Right. <laughs> and he's awesome. I, I love I him. Like him and he's, he's always got some sort of a comedic line. I mean, I think, I swear, every movie he's in, if he's not just the straight up comedy relief, he's always got some kind of a zinger and he's brilliant. He's Oh yeah, he's I definitely think, one of my. I mean, I love a lot of actors, but he's he's one of my favorite actors. I always enjoy seeing you know the characters he plays, and so his his character was was a lot of fun and it was believable. Right. Yeah, and I he agree. was the toughest dude and <laughs> out there. Just about it is. Yeah, because yeah. Now let's uh, going back to this uh, real quick. Let me just drop a little bit more trivia before we sure. really break. I got I got a lot of notes. I know you do too. Um. Let's see here. So, okay, yeah, the original script, the Godzilla design, right, that was uh, originally designed by Stan Winston. It was going to look very different. And uh, at that time, Spawn was really big with Stan Winston. So that would have been, wait, no, that's Todd McFarlane. Never mind. Anyways, um, <laughs> so this movie, though, would have been Godzilla as a reptilian monster that had hibernated for thousands of years and upon its awakening, encountered and fought a shape-shifting alien monster, which was called the Griffin. And both of them were designed by Stan Winston. That sounds like a Godzilla movie. In this movie, sure. Godzilla is the villain of circumstance just because he exists. So he didn't have anybody to save the humans from. So he's just the bad guy or... Right. A, very, a very unusual he, you know, it's just like, one thing though, I will say though, with the, the second time I watched this movie, I really enjoyed that they had like baby 
dinosaurs in it because then that was a total ripoff of like the raptors from Jurassic Park. Yes. And I was like, oh, this is good. They rip off Jurassic Park so much in this movie, though. Big time. Like, yeah. the whole taxi chase scene when they're just like, he's getting closer. And I was like, faster, faster, must go faster. Right. Which, by no, the way, is... if um, I just blanked on his name, the guy who plays Ian Malcolm, Jeff oh, uh, Goldblum. Goldblum. If he was the main character in this movie, this movie would be so much more popular right now. Sure. Right. Well, he was he was a cool. Um, okay, uh, I don't know if "cool nerd" is the right word, but yeah, he no, was definitely true. okay. He was he was an intellectual, right. but he had he was able to kind of pull off that rock star look, which in um you know in the book in the Jurassic Park book he he is that he that is his character. He's a rock star right. mathematician, right? Uh, not literally rock star, but he's he is a super cool uh, leather jacket wearing you know legit cool dude who right. happens to be a genius and so they kind of they kind of pull that off with jeff goldblum because he's he kind of rides that line of like he can he can be that cool dude and he can just go straight nerd so he oh yeah he does he rides the line pretty well and there's just i'm sorry there's no way you can make matthew broderick a tough dude or even a cool dude i mean he was when he was younger that's actually something i put in my notes that he you know when he was younger he definitely had more of the edgy cool teen you know, Ferris Bueller. Oh, Bueller's yeah, day off, Ferris Bueller, yeah. Which is, you know, huge. If you're going to think of him, that's that's probably what you would think of. And he's a cool character. And then he just kind of went to goofy nerd and then schlubby old man kind of <laughs> roles, <laughs> which is fine. I'm not, I'm not dogging him as an actor, his performances, but I feel like he should have been a little bit cooler, a little bit tougher in this movie. Yeah, I just, didn't get it. The two yeah, main characters... The two main characters, it's funny, they actually address this part where like they're like, Audrey, you're too nice. You need to be meaner. And like literally the two main characters in this movie though are just it's not that they're nice, they're just not interesting. They're so yeah. boring. I rather wish that Animal and his wife were the main characters in this movie. Like Right. It's just yeah, which Jean Renault I, mean, I love the not even like fully push they're not even fully pushovers. No. They're just Well technically I mean, kind of isn't really. He's just kind of boring. Right. I was just going to say, they're just uninteresting. They're very bland. Yeah. But I feel like this is starting to become a thing with us, with me reviewing Matthew Broadwick leading movies. <laughs> so far, he's two for We're two. two for and two. I two know. for two, and he made the movie worse, in my opinion. <laughs> but, hey, we should do the producers sometimes, because that... That's true. That, yeah. to me, is more in his wheelhouse, where he Killed just goes that straight comedy, Yeah, and he, he just gets to be funny, and it's that's a great right. movie. But I was going to say, though, lead role, though, was written specifically for Matthew Broadwick. Think about it, though. 1996, Independence Day comes out, massive hit. Matthew Broadwick, some of the same people come and talk to him like, hey, we're going to make Godzilla. You want to be the main person? And he's there. We don't have a script. And he's going to be like, yeah, no, I'll totally do it. Like, that sounds right. like a no brainer. Absolutely. I get that. I, that's why, like, a lot of the Star Wars movies that people with these big actors would sign on to it without reading the script because they were fans of Star Wars. I mean, this is a little bit right. different. But the idea is just like, it's going to be a hit. It's Godzilla. This is the first American version of it. It's going to be right. legit. Like, you look at Roland Emmerich, what he's, what he's put out. Right. And so it's going to be crazy. So Sony kind of killed the movie too because they demanded a staggering 80% of the profits from larger movie theaters and 90% from smaller ones. That's literally Good killing Lord. it right there. Yeah, they normally would take about 60%, which is, you know, that's kind of normal, I guess. 
80 to 90%. They knew it was going to bomb before they released it, so they were trying to get as much as possible, which is a, that's a douche move. It is. Well, it leaves no incentive for the, the theaters to have any promotions or try to you know push it as well. Right. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It, it was bad. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Matthew Broderick, Hank Azura, and Jean Renault, they all disliked the film. Like they when, they when they saw it, a lot of actors, too, saw the movie and they were like, oh, this isn't that good. Like, so right. that's got to be weird, though. You're filming a movie, big sets, you're excited. And then you go watch the movie and you're like, well, okay, that's it. You know, because you, because yeah. when you, like, really, the person who has the movie in their head is the director, you know, or the, right. and some of the producers, they actually know the, the full scope of it. So, yeah. I know these guys got to be thinking, my career is over. That's got to right. be such an awful feeling. And honestly, it kind of was for a, a, a decent amount. Like, Hank Azura, they, this could have made him, which he's in other stuff. He's obviously in The Simpsons and things like that. But he sure. could have become a leading man in this movie, just didn't do it for him. Right. You know? Um, also, too, this is interesting, though. Really interesting point. It says, because this movie underperformed and was criticized so bad for being unfaithful to its source material, Sony, actually, when they decided to make Spider-Man four years later which has been in development hell for like, what, 15, 20 years. They made sure they hired a director who was a fan of what they were adapting, which Sam Raimi is a massive fan. And that's so interesting. Like, why would you hire a director that clearly tells you they don't like the source material? That just boggles my mind. That doesn't make sense, you know? I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they were looking at his body of work and he was like, hey, he makes pretty good science fiction. Let's go with it. But... Yeah, like you said, so, okay, who cares? He makes great sci-fi movies. If he doesn't like it, you're not going to get his best work. Right. And to, th- and to throw a fair chunk at him and to make this, I mean, I remember this was this was a big summer, or hyped to be a big summer movie when it came right. out. Right. No, this was supposed to be a huge hit. So, yeah, very had interesting. had like two, se- two sequels lined up. Right, yeah. Originally. Exactly, and the only thing they did after that was one season of a cartoon, which I liked. I did see that, actually, right. um, but I didn't see hardly anything back so in the days. So do you think, my, my thought as I'm you know, watching this movie is that if I saw this movie when I was 11, I think I would have loved it. I think I would have been super excited, like, this is an awesome movie. I think what so. What do you think? Uh, no, I, I think so, too. I think it would have been pretty amazing. Um, a lot of people say that, like, you know, that they didn't like it because Godzilla was only on on screen for like eight to 11 minutes or something like that. But that's apparently the norm of how much Godzilla is is in on regular movies. Apparently I didn't know that. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed like the average amount. I don't feel like it was less than usual. Right. It's, I don't know. That's, that's kind of odd that people would say that. I do agree though. I think this movie's too long. It's like run clocks in at about what, two hours and 20 minutes. Oh yeah. It's for as fast paced as it is. It's long. Well, I feel like they should have cut out... I was trying to think, like, what would you cut out of this movie? And I feel like the movie actually gets going once they go in to find the nest. And so, if they cut out some of Godzilla being chased by the military, um, I felt like that was kind of boring. But yeah. But then again, you got to just show off Godzilla, who's the main person. Like, people came sure. for Godzilla, not for the nest. Yeah, Anyways, they, they should have done something in that. Because I agree, once it got to the point where they were like, oh, we won, yay, it just felt like, and it was probably only five, maybe ten minutes, but it just felt like it dragged getting onto the nest part. And it really did feel like, almost like another movie. It did. Yeah. 
Which sometimes that's like a second wave of like energy and in- interest, sure. and you're like, oh. But then there's other times where it's like, oh my god, this movie's still going. So right. I feel like this movie kind of rides the line of that. I gotta read though a couple of reviews that came out, and so Roger Ebert says a big, ugly, ungainly device to give teenagers the impression they are seeing a movie. That's harsh. That is super that's, harsh. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't knock him on it because, like I said earlier. I'm totally thinking like, man, if I was a kid, I would have loved this, but I was a teenager. Right. No. It was well, goofy. I agree. But I can't I can't go with the with the argument of like, oh, I made it for the we made it for the fans. And it's kind of like you're you're spitting on your fan base then, you know. Like oh, this is big time. Yeah, I th- for sure that's a slap in the face to fans. Right. And then also too like saying like, oh, we well we made it for kids, so we don't have to try as hard. It's like there's a lot of intelligent kid movies out there. Sure. So, but I I agree with you. I think this was a supposed to be a big dumb blockbuster movie, and I I think that Emirates just yeah he just didn't care about it though. Right. Um, all right. Let's see here. Oh yeah. So this is one thing I was thinking. So trying to compare Matthew Broadwick to leading man Will Smith is just like immediately major difference. The first scene that you see Matthew Broadwick and he's singing in the rain and you're just like, right. you know, it's just immediately so goofy. You're just like, immediately you're like, this dude can't wait for this guy to be killed off. Oh crap. He's the main character. And, and so, I mean, I, I think the stuff that he does is funny in, in this movie, but not for a main character, dude, it was just bad. Right. Oh, okay. I also got to read this yeah. too, real quick. This is actually on uh, IMDb. It says a giant. This is like what what the movie's about. A giant reptilian monster surfaces, leaving destruction in its wake as it strides into New York City. To stop it, an earthworm scientist, his reporter ex girlfriend, <laughs> and other unlikely heroes team up to save the city. That sounds okay. Honestly, I'd watch it if I read that. But that sounds horrible, though. It does. A worm scientist and his ex girlfriend. That's, dude, that sounds like a B sci-fi movie, like when they were really pumping them out in like the in the early two thousands or late nineties or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> made for TV movies. That oh, totally sounds like that. Absolutely. I was starting to pick this movie apart when I was watching it. I got about twelve minutes in, and I realized I have to stop critiquing this movie because like yeah. there's so many things that I'm finding wrong with this um, that I'm just like, okay, nope, I got to put my mind on standby and just watch it and see if I enjoy this flick. Yeah. And that's dude, that's basically what I came to. I just, it clicked in my head. Cause I, I didn't like it when I first saw it. I was honestly watching it. Cause I thought maybe you liked it the way you were, you had brought it up last year when we were discussing what movies we wanted to do. Yeah. And you seem kind of excited about it. So I'm like, Oh, maybe this is one that he liked when he was a kid. Right. Which I mean, it's like what hook was for me. And this, so I kind of had that in mind. All right, well, I'm going to have an open mind to rewatch it. Right. Um, whatever. I I didn't <laughs> like it, you know, originally, but hey, let me look at it with the scope of 20 something years later, you know, right. see what, see how it goes. But the thing that dig, you know, so I was, I, I remember, I thought the effects were kind of garbage and, but at Ooh, the same time, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. You did say something about that earlier, but anyways, at the same time, it's special effects just don't tend to hold up terribly well. So I kind of right. wasn't going to hold that against the movie. But anyways, as I'm watching it, it really clicked for me. It's like just between the music and how much comedy was in it and just seeing the people they picked for it and just how this, how the the writing was going, even the dialogue from the military and everyone. I was like, this is so relaxed and fun. I mean, it's a fun movie. 
Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think people had such a high bar of this is going to be a serious, awesome, modern Godzilla movie. Right. And it's and it's not. And right. I was, again, that's just where I kept coming to my head. It's like, man, if I saw this when I was, a, you know, 10 or 11, I would have been blown away. Like, this is an awesome movie. Right. And once again, shouldn't have named it Godzilla. Should have just right. named it something else. And like, I think people would have been, the expectations would have been totally different. That's Absolutely. A, it's a big deal. That'll, that'll kill a movie faster than anything. It's expectations. Yeah. Uh, special effects. So yes, the special that. effects that they used on it, I agree. There's some scenes in this movie that are really bad. And so, which I love all the miniature scenes that they used in this, which was pretty awesome. But mm-hmm. the, the CG, though, originally they had a certain type of film that they were going to print this movie on. And apparently it was like really good looking, really popped, but they couldn't get that film. So they had to put it on a regular type of film. So apparently, though, the Blu-ray version that was released like a couple years ago, they actually were able to transfer that onto that film. So the special effects look a lot better, apparently. So interesting. I, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. I was trying to track it down. It's actually harder to find it on Blu-ray at a reasonable price. You can find it on DVD so like, anywhere. Do you? So you own this one? I, well, I did buy it for the podcast because I was just shopping and I was like, well, that gives me an excuse to buy it because I wanted to okay. get the I wanted to get the Blu-ray version of this. I was trying to find it. It's hard to find. You, so know? you don't you don't have the Blu-ray version? I don't. I just have it on DVD and it's like even the sound quality is bad. There's some parts of it where it like goes out of tune and I'm like, oh man, the transfer to DVD. This is bad. Wow. Yeah. So I I streamed it. It's on Stars right now. Oh, and gotcha. I just was curious if that was the Blu-ray version. I That's don't. a good point. Yeah, because they don't always... There was nothing... It didn't say anything special edition or anything. It was just Godzilla 1998. Right. So I don't know that it it is anything more other than the maybe the DVD version. I need, to, I need to check that out and compare it. That would be really interesting to see um, for sure. But then uh, another, I know we're starting to, we're really running low, long on time on this right now, but so Jean Reno, there was one guy that was reviewing this and he was like, so basically Jean Reno is in this movie where it's a bunch of French guys eating French food, saying Frenchy things, doing Frenchy things. <laughs> and I yes. was just like, that's so true. It's like any trope of French people from an American point of view is in this movie where he's like, right. you said this was French roast. And he's just like, right. it's, it's French roast. Yeah. Which, but at the same, at the same time, do the French trope of making fun of American things of how we think French things should be. So it was like a oh. circular, you know, joke basically. Which, which I, yeah. The reason I, I was <laughs> like, well, why did they decide to do the French people this movie? And I was like, is Roland Emmerich French? I thought he was German. And I looked it up and he is German. Um, mm. So I don't know why they picked that, but it was so random because, like, technically it should have been a group of, like, Japanese people, you know? There's, like, right. there's no Japanese people in this movie, too. Right. Um, which is, anyways, like, I'm not even a huge kaiju fan. And I was like, dude, I'm sure the fan base, like, hated this movie when it came out. Oh, yeah. Well, like we've said six times already, it is a terrible Godzilla movie. <laughs> but at the same time, it was, yeah, if we would have called it anything else, I mean... Right. Uh, I don't, dude, I don't even know what you would call it without it sounding like, I don't, how could, I don't think you could even market it in a way that would have had that big of a draw. I mean, no, that being I agree. said, Pacific, Pacific Rim was awesome and that was just a bunch of kaijus, but, but that was this, Kyoto del Toro. That was like, well, the nerd culture is way bigger when that came out exactly, than I would say yeah. uh, Godzilla came out. So, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of nerd culture back then, but it's, it wasn't as mainstream. No, not mainstream at all compared to what it is now or even in the last 10 years. But yeah, it's, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, well, here we are. I'm kind of at final verdict, personally, but. All right. Well, yeah, let's roll into, I'm trying to think if there's anything I wanted to, anything else I wanted to say in this movie. There was something, I don't remember. I just remember this movie. It was just cheesy. There was line after line in this flick that was just priceless. It was so bad. You know, it's like, sure. I thought we talked about uh, cutting back on the sweets. <laughs> He's like, right. you leave my candy alone. I'm like, <laughs> such a bad line. <laughs> I know. But it was so, all these lines are so intentional. Right, which is right. why I was wondering, like, did they on purpose try to sabotage this film, like right. from the beginning? Because it's so intentionally silly. It wasn't just like, right. oh, this was supposed to be a really good comedic line. It's like, no, it's it's not. It's not like there's one funny guy, like in Independence Day, the one dude that's with uh, Jeff Goldblum, where he's like, oh, I gotta call my family, gotta call my mom, gotta call my lawyer, uh, right. forget my yeah. lawyer. Like that dude's supposed to be the funny guy, you know. And there's a couple other funny guys, but in this movie, it's like almost every character has terrible lines. Right. And so anyways, yes, let's go into our, uh, our final verdict. So do you think that the movie hit its mark when it first came out? Oh man. I mean, no, Def. I will give it a D. I was saying that might be a little bit too generous. Um, just looking at the box office and everything, but I do remember it having a presence and that might right. just... I mean, I feel like it was around, and even though I didn't like it, and I do remember in general people not being happy with it, it didn't mean that it, you know, lots of kids weren't playing with the toys. Apparently not as many as I thought, but, <laughs> we you really, know, there's probably- We were the only a, kids a, on the street. <laughs> Everybody else hated it. <laughs> right. They were Sid from Toy Story. We're going to blow him up. <laughs> so, it definitely, it, it had some bit of a pull toy-wise, maybe for a little while, but- yeah, it wasn't like such a bomb, I feel like, that it disappeared, because I feel like it kind of lingered as a, you know. I feel like it's bad breath. It just lingers. <laughs> yeah, so, I was going to try to th- come up with a, some kind of a... <laughs> oh, yeah, for, I forgot about that. We were gonna, we we barely briefed on that before we started recording. Godzilla doesn't have atomic fire in this. Like the oh, one right. scene where he does apparently blows the stuff, I looked it up, and it's supposed to be harsh breath, and it ignites the fuel lines inside the cars that are flying forward. So that's not even a fire. It's just like strong breath. Another thing. Wow. That that's terrible. That is, is. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's God awful. Yeah. Yeah. This, this guy lays eggs like a mother fluffer. Like he just like, <laughs> he, he, it's like, Oh, we're looking for 12 eggs. How about 200? Oh, that's a lot of fish. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> terrible. Maybe you were about to say this, but before when we were talking about doing um, this show, we were talking a few days ago, and you had you had a bomb to drop about how somehow this is still in the Godzilla canon. Oh, yeah. So, Toho had the rights to this movie. Be, um, so, they basically, and I think it was Godzilla Forever Wars or something like that. You'll forgive me. I, I don't know my kaiju. But they referenced this movie. It's like, so there was oh, there was another monster out there? And they were like, yes. Uh, the Americans thought it was Godzilla, but it's not. And so that's a reference ah. to this movie. And then they actually have this guy, I guess, in another movie, and they call him Zilla. But technically, this movie, though, is still canon as Godzilla, so it's a little confusing. But it uh, they decided to actually pull this monster in as a different version of Godzilla. But it's not Godzilla. It's something else. So anyways, I thought that was pretty interesting how it actually that technically is. is cool. It is Toho canon. So... I was right. like, I was like, okay, like I can deal All with right. that. That's Points for taking a turd and uh, you know making it work with the rest of the franchise. I Placing like that. it gently with the rest of the food. Just, <laughs> right. <laughs> they could have just thrown it out, which a lot of 
a lot of other franchises do with a movie that doesn't work real well or right. they change directions and they just want to pretend that something didn't happen. But that's cool. I like how they, uh, you know, it's just stupid Americans anyways, right? Right. So I'm but sure we, they we kind of did that with mistaken. the we did that with the original movie where they had the they reshot all the the Japanese actors with American actors and edited it together and released it in America. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. So for me, yeah, I give a D because it technically didn't lose money, but it barely made any, all of its money back. So it was a box office. It wasn't necessarily a bomb because it didn't lose money, but it didn't really make it. So it totally makes sense why they just barely broke even. So yeah, I give it a D for sure. Cause like, I, I don't know anybody that is like, Oh, you said Godzilla. I love that Matthew Broadwick film, you know. <laughs> and I have to. Re- I was trying to remind my wife. Like she was like, "Which one is that?" And then I was telling her about it. And she was like, "I don't think I've seen that movie." And I started it. And right. She was like, "Oh yeah, I have seen this film." Um, let's see here. Is it still relevant today, Josh? Uh, there's there is no way. Yeah, I give it no an way F. in heck. Def- definitely, yeah. uh, definitely think that it's not. Yeah, not relevant. Personal enjoyment. Did you? How much did you enjoy this movie? You know what? I actually give it a C. Oh, because okay. I I know, man. I surprised myself because I was like, you know what? Once I got over the fact that this is a terrible Godzilla movie, and I just started to watch it for a kind of fam, like I said, family centric right. adventure movie that's not too scary for the kids, you right. know. And but it but it tries to keep the pace going. It's got everything in it. All the military craziness. It's got a right. car chase scene. It's got Jean Reno. It just, yeah, I kind of ended up being like, you know what? This is kind of a fun movie, and I feel like it's gotten a lot harsher treatment than it really deserves if you can just take it for what it is. Right. Because I think it was, and I agree, if you're going to grade it and judge it as a Godzilla movie, it deserves all of that. But if you can just look at it as just a kaiju movie, right? it's not that bad. Yeah, it's really not. Let's see. So me, I... There's movies that are like they're so bad it's good, and sure. I this movie rides that line though for me because it's like you said there's intentional bad humor in it. It's intentionally cheesy. So is it really so bad it's good? Well, it's it's hard to say. Um, for me though, I personally <laughs> I really enjoy this movie. This movie I, it's bad. Like it's bad. I know it's bad. Like it's sure. a cheesy movie. I gotta give it. Got to give it a B. Um, I, I think awesome. almost a B plus because I I just enjoy this film. It's so f- stupid. Right. <laughs> it's just it like, is. It's just but lighthearted. I actually yeah. I kind of look forward to watching it again. Like right. I, I I almost was gonna watch it with the girls, and I was like, you know, I I don't remember if you know does it get scary? I don't know. I don't. I mean, they're my kids are old enough to not be scared by it anyways. But that's just the dad in me. I I kind of fall back on that. And right, I was like, well, well, maybe I'll watch it first because I really don't remember other than I didn't like it. And now that I've seen it, it's like, man, I th- they would, I think they'd have fun watching it too because it is kind of goofy and silly, but there's enough action and stuff going on to where it does kind of keep your attention. So, right, yeah, I I would watch it again. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, is it a midnight watch? I'm gonna be firm on this and give it a no. Oh, is it's it not a, midnight a midnight Josh? <laughs> no, <laughs> not even a midnight Josh. Um. <laughs> For me, dude, it's like it's almost a midnight watch. There's so many parts of this movie that I really enjoy because it's so dumb. But like, right. it's not, but there are some boring parts in this movie, so it's not oh, a midnight yeah. watch. That uh, about wraps up today's episode, you guys. If you want to check out this movie, it is on Stars, and it's probably in every bargain bin in Walmart. So yes, 
Definitely check this one out. Uh, if you're drunk, it's probably even better, honestly. So uh, spe- special thanks to our sound producer, Jake Colvin. And if you guys had as much fun as we did on this episode, please uh, share it. Please subscribe. Let, you know, Just let us know that you enjoyed it. We would love, love that. That'd be awesome. It would be very cool. And we did have a lot of fun on this one. So please subscribe, rate, review our podcast, especially if you listen to it on Apple podcast uh check it out on spotify youtube uh was a google podcast we're on just about every platform and also we'd love it if you check out our instagram and our facebook page check us out on twitter and uh we've got a hashtag going on what's your midnight watch and you can directly reach us at the midnight watch podcast at gmail.com all right everybody you have a fantastic week and (laughs) (laughs) okay Have a fantastic. Okay, you guys, you have a <laughs> you guys, <laughs> you have a fantastic week. Oh man, this Stella Artos is going crazy right now. Um, bringing puberty you, back. Right, man. You guys have a great week, and as always, keep up the watch. Hey.